Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello, fellow unpackers of the toolboxes of the industry. Hello, unpackers. Hello, listeners. We have an amazing guest today. Oh, yes, we do. It's lovely to see you rascals again. I've missed you. Oh, my Lord. It's phenomenal. Exciting. Oh, my gosh. Lynn Paolo. Bye-bye. Lynn Paolo, everyone. Lynn Paolo gets so many rounds of applause. This woman. You will know her name from the many, many shows she has done over the course of the history of recent television. And also from her own clothing lines. The woman has clothing lines. I have clothing lines. But more importantly, <laughs> she's the most spectacular, creative, and wonderful human being. And we're all incredibly lucky oh, to have gosh. her in our lives. And we are going to share her with you on this podcast. Yay, me. Thank you, Betsy. Yes. Thank you, everyone. So excited yeah. to be here. As Lynn Paolo would say, you rascals. You but rascals. But she also, I can't believe that she got paid to dress me through two pregnancies. I know, so joyful <laughs> really, for Katie? you. Here, Katie, put on these pantyhose. Thank you. Oh, poor oh. you. The torture. I mean, again, like, we're unpacking all these different people in the industry right now. And the person who is the costume designer is so intimate with the actors. And I can't wait to hear how Betsy being the production side works to set up what the show's look is and feel clothing wise. But 
for the actors, it's the most intimate thing in the entire world. And in my experience with Lynn, so fortunate oh, that you were the nice. person when I was losing my mind, going up in size, down in size, big boobs, little boobs, breastfeeding, not breastfeeding. <laughs> like she would leave 8,000 sizes of jeans and bras You're in my trailer. You're giving away my trade secrets, trade <laughs> secrets. Come on. This is why Lynn Palo's a gift, is a gift to yes. actors. Katie, look, I just want to say to you, we're ladies. Yeah, we're sharing that room together. I've had two babies. I There's no way in hell I take my clothes off in front of anybody. If I'm not going to be kind at that moment to another wonderful human, of course I'm going to do all those oh. things. And it's as it should be. Don't you agree? I mean, that's how we're supposed to nurture and love one another. We have tough jobs. And we work hard and we work long hours. And when you're pregnant and not feeling great, especially those first three months, you need a little love, my love. So you're very welcome. Oh, my God. I love you so much. I was very lucky to have you. I was never pregnant on the show that we worked on together, but you gave me so much love. Do you know so that to be the fact, Kermo? Are you certain about that, G? Betsy, I'm actually 85% sure, so I'm not fully sure. Okay, but okay. I don't just think check. I we could spread the rumor just to be certain. We could. We could. Okay, we could. But Lynn, going into those rooms in your offices when you, you knew you had that first fitting for the first season of, or the fifth season of the show, it was just, it was just really fun because everybody in that department was always so much fun and kind and loving and and you have to you know you're changing into like 15 different or for other actors it was like 50 different outfits it was so much fun and you get to the point where i'd be like you guys don't even close the curtain anymore i'm fine i'm just gonna just stay in the room like, oh yeah same i didn't give a you're, shit you're just so comfortable with you guys yeah but i feel like that's the dance we do don't you and i feel like that is a how I approach what I do is start with kindness. In the back of your head, you're thinking the whole time, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. I have an hour. I only have an hour with this person, yeah, but yes. also to make you feel comfortable and that it's a safe space because mm -hmm. you tell me things in that room that you might not tell other people, any other so people. True. I always remember Stockard Channing always called it the confessional when I worked with her because it was like this cone <laughs> of silence. And John Spencer called it his therapy session, like he would lay on the couch, you know, as we're... <laughs> oh, love it. my God. We've done a lot of therapy in those rooms, all of us. I mean, come oh on. Oh, my oh, God. Sure. I've cried. I'm sure every actor has had some sort of breakdown. <laughs> I think it is because you're naked physically and... Emotionally. Emotionally yeah. and mentally. You're having to put yourself into another human. That's where I think what's so interesting is it's this... You have created, and so much of the work is all about creating this kind of sacred, safe space where you can see yourself and where you're able to feel safe to see yourself in the way that you need to for a character, but also just you feel safe as a person so you can invest in that. And even as somebody who's not playing a character, except, you know, sometimes when I'm forced to in a meeting or something, it's the same thing where it's feeling safe enough to be able to express who you really are. And then for you all be able to transform that into the character. We've had so many conversations, Lynn, about with actors, if they don't love what they're wearing, they're not going to feel good doing their part. And it's such a huge piece. It's a disconnect. I think a lot of producers and writers have, which is you can't just shove somebody in an outfit and... No. You can certainly speak more to that experience, Lynn. Yeah, I think there's lots of things to unpack in that. And I love that you call this the toolbox because 
costumes are really a tool, aren't they? They're something that you take that we work on together that suddenly transforms you into a different human, not yourself. You would wear these clothes, you know, but you also have to feel so comfortable in what you're wearing that it gives you the freedom to be able to play that character. And I think Betsy is so right in that I've worked with other people who should remain nameless who told me early on in my career, you don't give actors the option. You give them this one or this one. You give them two choices and you limit... Because if you give them too many options, it'll take too much time and you end up in the wrong place. And I think that's exactly the wrong way to approach costume design and that the relationship with the actor should never be one where you don't have open lines of communication. I think that's so important that you feel safe with me. That's the number one thing when you first meet an actor for them. I always say, and you'll remember this, let's talk. What are you feeling? Yeah, you always say that. Let's talk. How do you feel about this character? And how do you see this character? Because it's important for you to feel safe with me, but also by extension, working with Betsy, Shonda, other producers that I work with, I need that open communication there too, because a writer might have a vision of a person in their head, a character, but they cast someone who's so very, very different from what they wrote on the page. So they also have to be flexible in that you work Mm. with the actor to create the character and then you present that to the producer and you have to work together and go back and forth. Well, let's change this, let's do this so that we all in a great way come together and say, yeah, we have it. And that's a great moment for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's great for you. It's great for the producer. And Betsy and I, you, you and I have been doing this recently, like, how do we get to this character being what we what was envisioned in the writer's head? And it's such a collaboration. And I feel it should never be antagonistic because if it becomes that, then you've lost. It's a dance and it's a conversation. And I love that part of my job. I love that we all work mm-hmm. together as a community. You build that community and it's full of joy and love and creativity like there's nothing better than when an actor turns to you in a room and says this is the right costume for the character it's such a lovely moment for everybody in the room i always say that everybody wears clothes so the challenge sometimes of this job is that everyone has an opinion because everyone wears clothes like everybody doesn't really have an opinion for the dp because they don't know what the hell he's doing they're doing such a good point Mm -hmm. so You also have a peanut gallery of people constantly at you saying, Mm. you know, Lynn, I don't think she'd wear those shoes. And it's like, no, you wouldn't wear those shoes. And I think Mm -hmm. over the years, one of the things which Mm. certainly in my job has been part of the key is to try to keep that noise away. Because, Lynn, I feel like that's so much of the challenge every day is everybody bringing in and they come in and think, well, this is this is what I'd wear. (laughs) And you go, well, then why didn't you cast yourself? <laughs> and your style sucks. <laughs> well, you can't say any of that, but yeah. You can't no, say any of it, no. but I'm saying it because we're unpacking the toolbox. Unpack that toolbox, Betsy. <laughs> I would say, yes, we all get dressed every day. And yes, the DP is a mystery often to all of us in different ways. Yes. Most people don't know how to be a costume designer. And I feel... The relationships you build early on in your career with producers like you and Shonda and my friend John Wells, you build relationships where the producer starts to trust you and trust is so important. 
where those conversations stop happening because what you wear during the day or I wear during the day is not what that character would wear. And it's also not what would look good on camera. And that's the thing a lot of younger producers, Mm. no offense to anyone listening, do not understand that this has to translate to the set, the set design, to the lighting, to the person, the human that you are dressing that you have to consider. And that's why earlier I was saying, what a writer sees in their head, but then through the casting process, they go for the best actor, which might not be the description that you'd written in your script. So things evolve and things change and none of us can be rigid. All of us have to be Mm -hmm. flexible. It's a communication art and we have to communicate. I find now I'm very selective about the people I'd love to work with. And those conversations Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. me at this point in my career don't happen as much. There's great, and something I say to young costume designers, which is find your people and be loyal to your people and stay with Mm. your people because you learn there are certain people that you have a shorthand with. And once that shorthand is established, what a dream, the work can be more and it should be. And I believe in my heart, it should be with the actor in the fitting room. That is where the work really takes place because Mm. if Katie and Guillermo are not comfortable, they're not going to be able to perform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How in the hell did you get into this? Like, I don't yes. understand how someone becomes a costume designer. It seems as impossible as making it as a producer or an actor or a DP. I feel for me, my story is different than most people because this was not what I wanted to do. I did not know that this job existed. And so it's very important to me as a costume designer to go to colleges and talk to kids that might not have had the access that I have now had to this industry Mm -hmm. to explain Mm -hmm. what my job Mm -hmm. really is. So that's the first part. I grew up coal miner's daughter, no clue about the film or television industry, went to university, met an American who I spoke to this morning. We're still good friends, my Mm ex-husband. I moved to the States not knowing anyone. I arrived with one suitcase, nothing, didn't know anybody. And slowly found my way into the film industry, worked as a PA. Oh, Oh my God. I didn't know that, and I cannot imagine it. Wow. I did craft service with gentlemen yelling at me because I didn't have the right coffee that they liked. And then I got into the DGA and realized I didn't want to do that job. I did not want to knock on that door of that trailer every morning to get anybody out of the room. I am so shocked by this. I have known you right? for a hundred years at this point. <laughs> no idea. Know any it's of this crazy. Shit. Where were you exactly physically doing all this stuff? All over the country? No, no. I came to LA, came right to LA and worked in commercials doing, you know, styling. It's so weird that I was working as a production coordinator because I thought, ah, oh, I'll go into production. I've got a good head. I think I could produce. So I was learning how to be a producer, you know, commercials. My boss at the time, Richard Curran, said, our stylist didn't show, we'd love you, Lynn, could you do this for us? So that's how I started. It was by chance. And Oh, my God. Also, back then, I got to be honest, there weren't a lot of women in our business. There were no female ADs that I knew of. I mean, Betsy, no. you'll speak to this. Most of the women in our business did hair, actually hair, not makeup, because makeup artists were men generally and costumes. And I really thought my brain, I was good with math and I was really good with organization. And I thought the producing end 
was more what I was interested in, but then I fell into costumes and then I ended up loving it and ended up doing a lot of music videos, lots of big commercials. And that's slowly how I started. Any music video artists that we know of? I worked on Madonna as an assistant. No! No. At Raleigh Studios, yeah. (laughs) Guillermo's head just blew off his fucking neck. Do you remember the video? I think it was Material Girl. I'm not sure. (gasps) No. It's so long ago. I worked with all the big direct, you know, commercial directors. Wow. And and then I had my daughter and decided that world wasn't for me and I needed something a little more stable. And I started looking for work Mm -hmm. in television and I was very fortunate to just sort of fall into it. That's my story. Very insecure about that story early on in my career because I kept saying, oh, you know, I kept thinking, I didn't go to school to do this. Oh, God, if people find out that I don't have a degree in costume design, they're not going to hire me. And and then after 20 years, I finally got over that bit. But that was yeah. that was my start. And my degree is in education, teaching. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which you use every day. Wow. <laughs> you educate people constantly. I do think it's interesting that a lot of people, I mean, I fell into what I was doing. It's more common than you know, and it's part of the reason why it's so interesting to hear this and also for people don't know how to get into the business. Very often you get in sideways or the skill that you think Mm -hmm. you don't see as your valuable skill actually is your superpower. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. So when you started doing it, did you know immediately like, this is good. I like this. No, I think I cried a lot. I think there were a lot of tears <laughs> oh, no, early on. Yeah. I was fortunate in that people were kind. Do you know? Like there was a great deal of kindness mm-hmm. for me. My first job was as a set person on of all shows Dallas, which I used to watch wow. as a young woman in England and never thought I would meet any of those actors. Do you know? And They took me under their wing and the leads of that show went to the producer and said, this kid's wasted on the set. You should move her up. And Lenny Katzman, who was the producer at the time, said, are you kidding? You know, it's a huge show. And they said, no, no, she's smart and she's on it and she's paying attention. And they moved me up the next season they gave me wow. shoulder the job pads. designing i love the shoulder pads by the way they need to come shoulder back pads. i still love a shoulder they are coming back. Shoulder. but i only did one year with that was the final year i did the very final year of that show with a lot of amazing actors and then from that show i, I was recommended for another show it's my second show ever and it was set in the 1940s and i won an emmy my second year in the business what what I mean, I think I was like 26, 25. And again, sheer luck. The people that ran that first show, Lenny Katzman and that group recommended me to Lynn Latham and Bernie Lakowick. They said, you're going to love her. They gave me their show. My second show, period piece, 1940s. Great actors on that one. And won an Emmy two years in a row on that show. And so that was it. And then Chris Chulak introduced me to John Wells. So it was like this... I was just in the right Uh, place at the right time, which I think, Betsy, you'll speak to. That is something that happens a lot, yeah, that you meet people and then all of a sudden they carry you with them for the rest of the journey. We still work together now. 
We'll be right back, guys. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. I've been working in Shondaland, so is Guillermo now for well over a decade, as have you. So, like, yes, we are part of a... Mm-hmm. amazing group of people that carries people along when there is like a natural and organic collaboration. Yeah. But what I don't understand a lot, what I see is so obviously being a costume designer for those of you listening who don't understand, no, like not only is it designing clothing, you have to be able to lead a very large team of wardrobe set dressers and, and shoppers and people returning, making returns. Like you're running a huge mm-hmm. department. You have to be able to budget and deal with all these financial proposals of what the costumes cost and deal with the producers on that. And then there's so much about time management and making sure you're getting every single person dressed for whatever day is upon you and then planning ahead for the next episode. I mean, it is the most insane organizational skills and leadership, which you obviously had in spades. But what I don't understand is how do you have... How did you learn the taste of how to actually costume design? Know. And how do you how do you have time to eat <laughs> and to breathe? There is no eating. Like, so, I mean, I don't 
understand how you went from a 1940s show and like, did you, t- are you feverishly researching and colors and like, how did you, is that just you naturally were gifted? I'm not sure what that is, to be honest. I mean, I feel it's an interesting balance, costume design, and it's something I teach when I go to universities now is that you have to be right brain, left brain. If you're going to be really good at this, Mm. you have to have both sides working because you have to stay on budget. You've got to be smart about managing time, people, expectations, schedules, all of that. You've just got to be super organized. And I recently had another costume designer. She's now a costume designer who used to work for me who said, I still use your methods of organization. I tell everybody, follow this. This is how you should do it. But then the other half of your brain is focused on the look of the show. And that's the bit I love because I like to spend a lot of time alone just thinking and looking at art, movies from the 30s, 40s, 50s old TV shows, fashion Mm -hmm. magazines, anything. I mean, I'm a Pinterest freak. I pin and I create boards. And I just, you have to get your head into the mindset. And I I have found when I look back at pictures of myself on all these different projects, I did a Vietnam War movie. And by the end of that movie, I realized I I was only wearing green. Do you know? Like, what the hell? (laughs) I was in camo, basically. Yes. So basically, it's like you, you do immersion. You do. You immerse yourself into that world. Now, if I did a mass murderer movie, hopefully I wouldn't turn into like, you know, a crazy person or more crazy than I am. <laughs> but maybe maybe you would dress like one. But I would dress like one. I would wear that hoodie. So, yeah, I find that's how I approach it. I have to really immerse myself in the period or the heads of the characters or, you know, what someone writes in the script, the first couple of lines, the description of a character, which you we all have experience that at Shondaland Mm -hmm. in the different uh, shows. So it's a tricky dance. And I think you have to be a little mad to do it. Uh, We all, we're all, we we all have to be a little mad to be in this business. Yeah. And to work those hours. And Lynn, I think what people don't realize too, is with this process of dressing a character, the look that you have for season one and two changes at season three and at season four, it's a constant process that you you have to work with the actor right and with yourself and figure out oh they've evolved they're different now yeah. now they're gonna wear leather and leather boots and tight black jeans right because katie's character went from wearing Huge like transition. like pencil skirts and like blouses to like hot leather jackets and a tight black turtle mm-hmm. like because she evolved because of your character's yeah suggestions to her you brought her into your world Mm -hmm. and so like any human like any of us sitting here right now you grow or you become psychotic i katie sorry (laughs) (laughs) and so that has to be represented i nailed it that's right (laughs) or you know what's as hard in a different way is this idea that so sometimes there's a gigantic shift in a character Mm. but then there are other times where you're in season four or five in the character, you have to figure out very subtle ways of adjusting characters because they haven't adjusted that much. And you're dealing with an actor who rightfully is like, I can't keep wearing these shoes for the next, you know, 45 years. Mm. And Mm. a producer is saying, I don't want them to change, (laughs) though. I don't want them to change. So how do you address stealth transformation? (laughs) So well put. Because so much of what you do is almost subliminal. 
the word I always use to my crew is that we have to have nuance. It may be mm. in the script, or I might have seen a script three episodes from the one we're working on or an outline where I know where a character is going to go. And how do I go from A to B without it being silly? You've got to respect the intelligence of the audience and respect the writing. And you can't just leap from Katie in her little pencil skirts to Katie in leather. There has to be right. an arc to that story. And I feel that's that's the nuance of costume design. It's like, how do I get from here to here without being jarring? And mm-hmm. it might be something as simple as you introduce a gray. So the, the character is in the gray phase and you, and it, it can be color. It can be silhouette. It could be the shoes. I mean, so many actors say to me, if the shoe is right for this character, then that's all I need. 100%. My feet are in their shoes now. So yep. I, I will say in general, every show is different. Every character is different. You just have to listen and read and pay attention to the words, listen to your actor, listen to your producer, listen to your director and then have your opinion too. And it all goes back to, you know, how do we get there without it detracting from the words and the action? Because you don't want to do something that is going to jaw the audience out of the story. And you want to keep your actors engaged too, because it's Guillermo and Katie. I mean, it's, that's a lot of it for you too, is. Oh yeah. Everybody feeling excited about where they're potentially going or what they're wearing. Totally. And that can be quite difficult. I've worked on shows that went 15 years, you know, 15 seasons of a show. So how do you keep that fresh? I want to know that feeling. I, <laughs> I do want too. to know that feeling. <laughs> it's a tricky dance. It is a tricky dance. And then there's the other issue now, which is like we all come from the years of 25 episodes of a show. And now with right. streaming, if you only have eight episodes per show per season, sometimes transformation happens slower. And, you know, for all of those people who are in the midst of it, yeah, they've been doing it. But for an audience, they've only seen eight episodes or they've only seen seven episodes. So also switching your brain back and forth to the pace at which people are going to consume the product and mm. then how you sort of process change. Yeah, I find that I'm actually missing the 22 episodes only because you had, even right. though it, it was exhausting. I mean, don't get me wrong. Christmas was your two weeks off and then maybe you got three or four weeks off every summer. But but I love the long storyline. You know, you, each character, you take mm, them yeah. all the way through. These six to eight episodes, I love that too because your energy has to be, oh my, we've got eight. Let's get it, you know, like let's deep dive. So I also love it's, that. It's almost more like yeah. a movie. Yeah. Exactly. And joyful too. And also working with you at Shondaland, I've had this great experience of being on shows that are, you know, one minute I'm in DC doing a show about the Beltway and what happens there. The next minute I'm in England doing shows about Regency England. Oh, dream. You never got that in the one hour drama. You didn't get that much diversity in one or two years of work. You were doing the same thing. So I'm enjoying the challenge of jumping from one show to another and having it be a shorter time of working because I'm in different places a lot more often. And that's creating a new Mm -hmm. world every eight months, which I think is what we all are doing. We're creating a world that's also joyful. 
The other thing that, I mean, in another life, if I was ever a costume designer, I think the funnest thing ever would be to just shop on somebody (laughs) else's dime for like millions of dollars. Like, are you kidding? Like, you get to just shop your face off and everybody who's in your department and like, this is the budget. And it's usually, it's way bigger than like my personal budget. (laughs) And you're not sitting there thinking, oh shit, I should really wait until that thing is on sale. Oh, we do think about that though, Katie. You guys are shopping and you're good at that. Oh, I love to shop. You've been shopping with me, Katie, you know. (laughs) Really? Oh, Lynn is the best shopper really? and she's good at it. I'm like this at the the racks. No, no, no. Yes. No, no, no. Yes. And that again, you know, my job has changed from the early days of my career. Shows were much smaller and I would shop a lot. Now I don't. I have buyers because the shows have become so huge and so complicated. I will tell you, I spend 80% of my day in a fitting room. Wow. Apart from a budget meeting or a production meeting, I don't really leave the office anymore because our world has just completely changed now because of, you know, online buying, which is where a lot of the work gets done now. And I I actually miss the days where I got to go out and shop more. But also, I will remind you, Katie, that none of those things belong to me and I can't wear any of them. So when you go shopping, it's a slightly (laughs) different experience, my love. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my daydream really <laughs> no, comes to a I burst that stop. bubble for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and also, by the way, most of those things wouldn't fit me. <laughs> oh, we will be back with more after the break. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The other thing I was going to say that's just a little tidbit, it's not really a question for all of you listening that's really fun about Lynn Paolo, is that she is your best friend and key in to getting a nice text because she's episodes ahead of you when she says, you're going to be very, very scantily dressed or naked in about yes, 11 days. But the... don't tell anyone that I told you. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, this weekend, maybe I will back away <laughs> from the taking a whole Domino's pizza, folding it in half and putting yeah. it in my mouth or like whatever it is. I think, too, I'm even more obtuse than that. My texts are usually... um. You know, that dinner you were talking about, maybe you shouldn't be doing, you know, it's like, because I don't want to actually tell you it's in the script because I then it would be giving it away, but I'm sort of giving you a nudge of, oh, well, you know, if I were you. Tighten it up. (laughs) If I were you, I'd hit the gym this weekend. Because nobody wants to have like a a bloated hangover on like a sex scene day. Nobody wants that. Look, mm, that's the confessional, isn't it? That's. It stays in the fitting room. It stays there. You have both told me things that I would never repeat ever until I write my book when I retire. Gee. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Shit, I never made you sign an NDA. No NDAs in the fitting room. That could be the title of my book. No NDAs in the fitting room. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of trust being an advocate for the actor. And I think that's super important because I... No, I couldn't do what you do. I know for a fact. There's no way. I actually have had a couple of bit parts through my career where producers have gone, Lynn, could you walk on? And I froze like a deer in the headlights. I love really? being behind the scenes and I love I love actors. And I think you have to love actors. If you don't love actors and you're doing what I do for a living, you're in the wrong job. If you don't love actors for any of us including the actors. Actors, if you don't love actors, you're probably in trouble too because you spend a lot of time with them. But I feel the same way, Lynn, which Mm -hmm. is if you don't love actors and if you don't, if it isn't first front in your mind, making sure that there's an environment in which they can work. And for you especially, you are really the actor's advocate. Everybody else all day long is thinking about a billion other things. And most of us are advocating this show and but you are, you and, you know, and I think in a lot of ways, hair and makeup are the departments where it's the first place, certainly as a producer, I always go and say, how is everyone feeling? Mm-hmm. What's the general mood? Because you all are the folks who are, who are ground zero and can set a tone for Katie and G for you all to be functioning at your best. Yep. And I think Katie and Gilyama, you would both agree that the hair and makeup first thing in the morning. They're the people you talk to. You're in their your chair all for hours sometimes. And then in the yeah. fitting room, for me, it's I've had a difficult transition over the last eight to 10 years that with the advent of intimacy coordinators, which is amazing that we have them now. And I think that's remarkable and is as it should be. But for so long, costumes were the intimacy coordinators. And I know for a fact- Oh, yeah. Totally. I have stood on the set- 
and told directors or expressed my displeasure at how an actor was being treated. And I was fortunate enough mm. to be in a safe enough space to have that voice working with people that I was working with. And that's been tricky for me as a costume designer because now I get a call from these amazing person who's protecting our actors saying, well, we need this, this, and this. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, I've been doing that for 30 years, you know, in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But what an amazing change in our business that you have that safety. And I think it's amazing that you have someone on the set with you now, because a lot of the times I couldn't be there. I forgot about that. Like your customer yeah. that's on set, like if you're doing a sex scene and you're standing there in a naked or banana hammock or a g-string or whatever like the first person that's like waiting for you with your robe is your dresser and you're just like yeah. you they can't get to you fast enough and they're the person advocating for you looking at you in the eye like are you okay do you need anything yeah. i've even had my dressers being like and i would talk to them about it in advance like hey if i'm doing something that doesn't look great can you just like tell me to like move a little bit yeah. or something that's the not flattering or like you know whatever yes the angle yeah. and things like that and they are with you eye to eye oh, collaborating yeah. and you feel so trusting with them i actually haven't been on a set yet with an intimacy coordinator have you g i haven't either oh so no. i think because mm -hmm. of the other shows i worked on while i was working with you guys i was running back and forth and there was a lot of nudity mm. on that other show and yes uh, i just think it's such an important thing and i am so happy our business is addressing that now because it's a lot of pressure for a set person i feel yeah. So I think it's a huge, it's yes. a huge yeah. change in our business. It takes a lot of pressure off the costume department too. Off of you guys. Yeah, but it's yeah. also amazing for the actor. One other thing I was thinking about, one of my favorite fitting stories you have is when G and I were doing fittings for our show, we would have leather jackets and flannels and cool t-shirts and jeans and all different kind of boots and things. And then at the same time, you were doing a show that took place in Chicago, I believe, and the family was incredibly dysfunctional and poor. And it was starring Bill Macy, I think. And I and I was such a Bill Macy fan. I'm like, tell me what it's like. And it's like, oh, dressing him, you just take used, disgusting clothes, <laughs> fling them on the floor in a pile and tell him to pick. And I'm like, that artistry to me always <laughs> stuck with me that you could be that creative to be going from the beltway and white coats and, you know, everyone's in a pea coat and making sure they're looking correct for the D.C. world. And then to just this complete, disgusting, debaucherous, like homeless, drug, messed up, dysfunctional family. And he always looks so good. <laughs> yes. It was so appropriate. Yeah. And that's he true, did. right? You would just fling yeah. used clothes on the I, floor and tell him to pick them? Well, that's Bill's favorite story from that show is that we never had a costume fitting, which is not true, by the way. We did have a costume. We had one at the beginning, and there were other moments where he was like in a chicken suit or whatever. And But that's that's what I was trying <laughs> to express earlier about eight episodes versus 24. One of the great thrills for me at that time was to be with you guys on one show and you're dealing with Escada and Prada and black leather and thigh-high boots and, you know, looking great for DC and, and, and your crazy world within that show. <clears throat> and then I drive to Warner Brothers and I'd be, you know, aging clothes and 
flannels on them too, but also t-shirts and putting holes in clothes and making sure everything looked really, really, really worn in. So that's a great joy, isn't it, as a costume designer to have those two mm-hmm. worlds to work in. I'm very lucky, very wow. fortunate to work with the people I work with, very fortunate to work at Shondaland and be part of that team. I'm forever grateful. I'm allowed to play and do my job in a space where yes. you nurture me, Betsy, and you guys nurture everyone. You know, you bring us up. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring us up because, whoa, <laughs> look at the character and spirit and theme and everything else, which is always embodied in the work that you do. First of all, Lynn can do five jobs at the same time. And she doesn't break a sweat and you never see you never see anything but the most incredible dedication and focus on what you're doing. It's a producer's fantasy that you go, Great, these two jobs couldn't be more different. Go crazy. <laughs> that leads me though to is there something you haven't gotten to do that you really, really would love to do? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting you should say that. And I almost had the opportunity. I, I was offered a feature film, and it was um, one of the Star Treks. <gasps> I'm a huge sci-fi fan, and I couldn't uh, do it. I didn't know that. Oh, I love science fiction. I just don't think it's in the charts for me because of the world that I inhabit now. And it's that thing that – and this is just a quick story. After I won my two Emmys early on in my career – I then went through six months of not working because no one would hire me because they said I only did period shows, which is crazy because I think every single show you do is just a new world and you're creating that world. And it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what period it is. It's like saying to an actor, oh, you are on a show about Washington, D.C. You can only do shows about Washington, D.C. That's, I don't understand that mindset. It's silly. Anyway, so I couldn't get arrested. I couldn't get any job. Thank God for John Wells, who then offered me that medical show. But I have never done anything science fiction. And it drives me crazy because I'm a huge mm. Isaac Asimov. I mean, I read, oh my God, like I would have, I would have loved to have done Dune. Do you know what I mean? That would yeah. be, yeah. hell yeah. And I haven't had that opportunity. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. We'll see. Well, the good news is we're all obsessed with science fiction, too, as you know. Mm-hmm. We are. Everyone on this podcast wants is, to do science fiction. And our company Bam. is so... Isn't that crazy that we're all into it? Well, but it's to your point. It's like, I think you get into... When we were doing like promotion for stuff last fall, anytime anybody said to Shonda, what do you want to do next? I would say comedy. <laughs> and she'd go, science fiction. I really want to do something science fiction or near because we all we all love that. But you do get pigeonholed. Everybody, we all want to do something. It's like for you all, especially Katie and Guillermo, who have been on long, long running shows, it's you all you want to do is do something different and totally prove that you can do something different. And also because it's the only way you keep growing. Like I always go like there's one motto with what we do, and that's we do not do the same thing twice. Don't do it. Agreed. If you do a spinoff, it's not the same show. You do an entirely different show. Agreed. Unless they offer you a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be like, all right. All right, fine. Oh, exactly. Fine. You know, I'll take it. You know, maybe I could do a very special Christmas special. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Sure. It's a lot of money. 
Ho, ho, ho. That's so funny. But <laughs> I have been offered, I think, four medical dramas after the long running one that I worked on. And I have said no. Sure. Because 15 years mm. of the same characters. I don't want to do that again. Mm-mm. You know, you did it. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm so jealous for those actors. <laughs> Man, they're in sweatpants yep, and they're like, sneakers. like, wardrobe for and the like, week. And like, no makeup. <laughs> what year. a dream. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I I have so many different sides. Like I like that sounds like heaven, but I also am like, if I don't get to wear a corset at some point for like a while and do a period thing, I'm gonna be You'd be pissed. hot in a corset, Katie. Sure. I mean Right. Oh Thanks, my god. Lynn but I see you like as like the buxom wench on a, in a pirate movie. Oh, yeah. You would oh, rock she, that. I'll do a buxom oh, wench. Yeah. She'll be a buxom oh, wench. Yeah, I'd love it. I'd love it. Guillermo would look good in a corset too. I think I you would sure too. Would. Thank you, Lynn. Be my pleasure, G. You <laughs> come would. on. And you know who made the corset famous? Madonna. Madonna did. Well, did she Thank make you. it famous? Did she no, really? Did she? Maybe a little maybe, bit. Or did Terry Mugler make it famous? <laughs> I don't know. That's true. Let's, You're right. You know better no. than I do. That's true. Oh, she did, though. She brought the corset back. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She did, and she showed the corset and all of its corsetness. Yes. I actually wore mm-hmm. corsets over t shirts back then with a pair of jeans because that was the right? thing. Really? We did. Yeah. That's what we did. My early punk rock days, do you think? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Hot. You rascal. You, you rascal. Oh, my God. I loved a bit of the Sex Pistols, man. I had a Sid is Innocent t-shirt. You know, I was like spray painting that all over London, I think, at some point. Anyway. Oh, yes. You are the coolest. Not only are you the most talented human being on earth, but you are the oh. coolest. It's so irritating. Mm-hmm. How do you end up anywhere? <laughs> so this has been like we could do this for hours. Yes, we could do this for hours, like and we learned a ton of things about yeah. a woman that I've known for a hundred years that I yeah. didn't even know half of those things. So no. thank you for coming on unpacking. Thank the you so much for yes. sharing this. your You're story. Welcome. Imagine if we've been drinking our red wine. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, we should have been having our wine ladies and gentlemen i miss you guys it's lovely to see you so much we love you you thank you so much we love you we miss you take care of yourselves okay scandal is executive produced by sandy bailey alex alche lauren homan tyler clang and gabrielle collins our producer and editor is Vince DeJohnny, with music by Chad Fisher. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.